The Blind Dad Diaries. We didn't see that coming with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. Good afternoon slash evening whenever this is coming at you guys. I am Martin Ralph, joined in the virtual studio as ever with fellow father-to-be, Nathan Edge. Hi Martin, how are we doing? Yeah, um, it's been a crazy two weeks, that's all I've got to say, I think, since we uh, put out the last uh, podcast. Top end of this podcast, um, we've got a, a few good bits to talk about. Everything from 4D scans and 3D printing of babies' heads and faces through to sorting out when you're, where your dog's going to be when uh, your child comes to be born. So I think there's a fair few topics for us both to discuss um, but in general, how 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 are yourself and Emma Nathan at the moment then? Yeah, we are we are good. Uh, like I say, I mean, two weeks. I didn't know so much could happen in uh, in the space of two weeks. But uh, yeah, we have been for for another scan. So um, obviously, look forward to updating you on that. But uh, no, we're both doing good. Uh, we've finally got as much as we can get ready for the for the hospital bag. So um, yeah, that that's been on our list of things to do in the last couple of weeks. But most importantly, yeah, Emma's, Emma's feeling really well. She, she did go through a spell throughout a lot of the pregnancy where she's, uh, you know, not not been too good with the, you know, certainly with the sickness side effects anyway. But you know, touch wood, the last last couple of weeks have been been pretty good to say. Normally in the third trimester, it starts getting uh, a bit worse again. But no, so far so good. Yeah, fingers crossed. And um, I think for poor Sam on on that front, um, she was being sick right until like 24 weeks, paused for a bit and then started again and then stopped again. It's it's, it's I think it's each to their own, isn't it? Uh, regardless of trimester counts and what have yeah, you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know, to be fair, my German Shepherd guide dog, um, he spent more time with Sam when she's been feeling rough and helping her stand back up again than I have, um, To be, if I'm brutally honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. They're just very sensitive, and uh, they just want to be there. Which you know, I've got, I've got, I've got no issue with that. It saves me a Second job. Second best, you know, you should get yeah. used to that now. I've, I've been used to that for years. So, <laughs> human, and, and, who are you? <laughs> yep, and uh, you know, in a, in a few weeks or months' time, well, a couple of months' time, when, when the baby's here, I expect to be third best as well. <laughs> and then the parrot. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm lying. I'm probably about sixth best, to be fair. <laughs> but yeah so i think there's plenty for us to get into so we will try and get through as much as we can but if not it means we've got plenty to go over next time so in terms of i think let's start with the exciting bit with 4d scans and 3d printing i think that's you know the headline of this episode um yeah over to you nathan yeah well um obviously the people that tuned into uh to our podcast last time well first of all thank you for listening but obviously i did uh discuss uh, with you then martin about the the embroideries i've had from the, the the regular sort of scans we've been having however once emma turned 28 weeks we we decided that we wanted to go for a 4d scan so this was uh, a private scan and um it was it was a part of welfare and things like that so we went went down to the uh you know to the to the private scanning place probably got a, an official name but yeah private scanning place for me um and had the 4d scan so it took so we got some new measurements and uh which which was great so he's currently at this point uh, was measured at two two pounds seven ounces um but part of that scan we also got some uh, some, some really really high quality 4d images which i, I think certainly uh, from Emma's perspective, being able to see it, she said that they're incredible, you know, the detail you actually get from them, um, you know, are unbelievable. So uh, from her point of view, being cited, you know, that she, she loved those photos. Uh, what that also meant for me, um, somebody did contact Emma 
uh, as a friend of mine, actually, who's also a fellow guide dog owner called Claire. Um, her brother or brother-in-law has a 3D printer. So when she found out that we were going to have the 4D scan, she, she said to Emma, can you send over the, you know, the, the, the file? And my brother's going to have a go at doing a 3D print for you. And I've never had one. So this was uh, completely new for me. Um, we were going to look at getting one done anyway. Uh, but yes, this, this person obviously have to do it. And then I received that last week. So it was very, certainly very interesting. I had no idea what to expect. Um, but, you know, when I compare them to the two, it's really difficult to compare because they're, they're very sort of um, you know different. The, the embroideries I love because they, you know, they're handmade. So they, they do feel a bit more personal. It, it was a full image of the baby. So from, from, from head to toe, whereas the, 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 the 3d print was mainly focusing on his face to get those facial features. So with the 3d print, it actually took me a bit longer to build a picture by touch after I sort of, uh, you know, had spent that time trying to figure it out. I realized obviously it does give you that, that detail that you're not necessarily going to get from a, from an embroidery. So, you know, they're, they're both very different, but both equally as, as amazing. It's given me, you know, certainly food for thought in the future. Cause as, I, as I've said, I might have said, I think I said on the, on the last podcast that my, part of my mission is to make this more available for people with visual impairments, you know, going through, you know, going through pregnancy and to, to access scans. So uh, the question is, uh, you know, do we go with embroideries? Do we go with free prints? Do we go with a mixture of the two? Um, it's been nice to now have a feel of the both. So and it's certainly given me food for thought to what, what will be beneficial going forward with that. Yeah, I think what springs to my mind when you talk about the 3D printing, I, I get excited because as, as we hopefully may know, is I'm a massive technology enthusiast. And the second someone mentions 3D printing, I think I just turn into a five-year-old of <laughs> 3D printing, you say. Um, and I, I, not seeing that many 3D printed objects, what does spring to mind is that as a visually impaired person, we're so used to, you know, potentially reading braille, potentially feeling tactile, but we're so used to feeling that 2D tactile, and I suppose very similar to the embroidery. It's not necessarily three-dimensional. It still stands out, you know, above the surface and what have you. But I think it's that that cognitive linking what you can feel and putting that into an image in your in your mind is is probably one of the harder objects in China you know, extrapolate that whole, is this, a, this sphere, you know, feeling ball is actually a baby's face in some regard or, or another. Whereas if you imagine it, the embroidery is just like a straight picture, I imagine. And, you know, feet, being able to feel the edges and the curves gives you, a, gives you a much, probably a quicker idea. Whereas the 3D, in my mind, again, the 3D printed image, sounds like it gives you a full detail. Whereas the embroidery gives you that outline feel. It, is that, Am I anywhere near accurate up with that? Uh, a little bit. Um, I no, think... Martin, you're thick. Um... <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to. Didn't want to go there, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. no. I um, I think it. I, I don't know if there are different ways of doing 3D prints, and this is mm. something that I will find out in the in the coming weeks because I am speaking to a professor from a hospital who's who's working on the project with me, who's also working with in conjunction with the university who do specialize in 3d printing so they're looking at it in a different way so they, they've they've had to go and get all sorts of permissions to um to, to use some sort of stock uh ultrasounds etc yeah. so th- i'm going to see obviously how their 
come out, but to describe the 3D print a little bit more that I, that I have received, um, it still is on a flat surface. So um, it's not, um, to, you know, a, a, a rounded, you know, so when I say focus it's on its face, on it's not that. a rounded head. So it's still um, sort of a flat surface, which is what kind of confused me a little bit at first. Fair enough. At least we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was expecting to... Um, to, to feel a head, a circular head somewhere, and then the body, etc., and then the legs and arms, etc. Um, I didn't realize it was basically a, a close up on the face, which is actually kind of, which was square. Um, which is how, I'm probably describing this really bad to people, but this is kind of why I was a bit confused to begin with. Um, so, on this, I say square, it's rectangular block. Um, it is obviously um, sort of the word what's the word tactile as in it it does come out from the, the base but right. and, and then but the nose rather than it being a sticking out nose it's an indent nose right and with you okay so it's yeah. more like an there's like an implant almost of, of of it in that way in that sense yes so right. whereas i think in some ways i was probably expecting it to be the opposite a bit like probably what you've said yeah so it's it's interesting so it, so it has enabled me to i mean it's certainly so for example there's probably more detail in the in the lips side of things um than necessarily anything else if that makes sense because i think the, the 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 image enables that to have more detail there yeah um actually, i think about it, i think i might be wrong though. i think the nose was slightly out but only ever so slightly so that's why I struggled a little bit with the nose, but so I think like this is where I needed. I did need a bit of sight assistance initially to go over Just the to image. Get your head around it, as it were. Yeah, to get the bearings. But once I yeah. did, you know, and like I said, this is what I mean. It's a very different scan from the a different sort I of mean, tactile from the embroidery. Regardless, it's a prototype, isn't it? You know, that's 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 what it is at the end of the day. And no matter what it feels like, what it looks like, etc., it it's still bloody awesome for oh, someone yeah. with yeah. visual impairment to be able to feel what what their baby's face feels like whether it's a sphere whether it's on a flat surface i think it's still awesome it's still exciting it's still it's the future <laughs> um yeah i mean as I, I think it would be interesting to see how how this goes down the road with uh in terms of to, to hear more about the project as that develops with uh, the hospital and the university i think there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, growing room uh clearly you know already we've gone i say we you know you've gone from embroidery which is a great you know versatile classic you know way of making things and images stand out versus 3d printing you know that's just and that's a leap of what not even a couple of weeks yeah absolutely you know um and then they're both you know they're both far for me they've been absolutely amazing just to to have them um and, and to, to even to be able to compare the two it's incredible to even have one never mind uh you know three different versions so uh, i'm so so grateful to for those people that have made that happen but um you know I, I, like i said i'm determined to try and make sure there's there's something like the you know these available more more easily available for people in the future so I'm, you know, I'm very i'm so excited about that project i think i think it will come just need a bit of time to to get it right absolutely um you know and, and so i'm i'm looking forward to, to that project uh you know taking off as over, over time 
Well, we'll definitely look forward to the updates as they come um, in terms of the uh, any side of the embroidery and the 3D stuff. I think it's amazing. And, you know, your little fellow when he's around and here, you know, and he'll be able to see this story, you know, and he's a bit older to understand, you know, the amount of, you know, the amount of images slash 3D slash embroidery stuff that, that's knocking around. You know, I think that that's an incredible little um, hall of fame, dare I say. You know? <laughs> I mean, yeah. if it takes off here, I'm sure he'll be growing up saying, hey, that, that was thanks to me, Dad. I was yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll look forward to the next update on that. And I'm sure there'll be one to come in two weeks. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully. Um, this, I say we're working away at it. So hopefully it won't be too long until uh, you know, to, to, to more, more exciting updates can come on that. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of um, myself and Sam and what we've been up to the past two weeks, it's been quite interesting um, with our little Leo on the way. So having a boy, if you if you weren't aware or not tuned in before. So myself and Sam are also having a boy similar to uh, Nathan and Emma. Um, but in terms of where we're at, he's a little bit small. Um, he was he is on the third percentile. So with I think Nathan, you you discussed the percentiles very briefly when we were off air, um, but in terms of the percentiles, we're, we're a little bit low, and he's roughly guesstimated between two and three pound, and we're currently at thirty three weeks now, so we've got another scan on Monday, which we are absolutely looking forward to. However, the decision might be made and taken out of our hands if he's not grown. He'll be he'll be out next week, so it could be an exciting update. Um, if not. He's definitely not going beyond 37 weeks, which we also know. So between this podcast and the next, there will definitely be one of the babies, you know, here. <laughs> um, get some sound bites uh, for you all to enjoy. <laughs> um, but I think some of the, from speaking of the VI perspective on this, so there's been some interesting things myself and Sam have been doing. I say myself and Sam, mostly Sam. I'm going to be fair to her on this one. I'm not going to try and glory hunt um, in terms of like, she's been looking for premature clothing and how to work out like the sizing of premature clothing. I think just in general, ignore premature clothing, baby clothing in general, trying to work out the sizes and look at size charts is, is interesting, you know, without a visual impairment. But when you're trying to tick all the boxes to make sure you've got all these clothes ready, um, it's been quite interesting reading all those size guides online and what they should and shouldn't be. And also washing instructions because you want to get it right, you know, for the first time, it doesn't matter the third, fourth and fifth once they've got stuff all over them. But for the first time, you want to get it right. And washing instructions are obviously one of those things that are just inaccessible in general. And obviously we're finding the ways with the site that we've got, i.e. taking pictures of the labels and stuff and zooming in and what have you and squinting and using the likes of CNAI. But I mean, um, I, I assume, dare I say, um, Emma has done majority of that for, for you, <laughs> Nathan. Yeah, I mean, that, that's <laughs> one of the, the questions I was going to ask you, actually, uh, tonight. Because uh, obviously we, we've, we've been going through um, you know, buying baby clothes, etc. And obviously, uh, for, for listeners who, who aren't aware, Emma, Emma is fully sighted. So when it comes to the likes of you know, when we're choosing baby clothes and they like, say, look at the sizes and instructions, you know, we, we don't really have that issue because she... You know, she's able to, to to read that so it's not an issue so i was wondering obviously for, for yourself how you get on i know you mentioned there we're taking photos etc and 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 using cnai so i guess for, for people that aren't, aren't familiar with cnai so it's uh you know a, a, an app on, on iphones and i think android as well nope 
no okay just nope, that, that glad you're yeah. there to to correct yeah. me on that <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> but yeah so yeah that, that's a, a superb app that can give give incredible feedback uh if it, if used correctly but you know aside from that you know have you is there any other technology that's useful for you at this moment or is it mainly that's working for you and that's that's enough i mean in terms of you know small labels yeah that, that's probably enough but in terms of you know accessing the notes and things as in medical records for both sam and leo and and that stuff you know again there's all the other types again of taking pictures having it sent via email you know again our trust have been Im- impeccable with providing us stuff that we need electronically but also i um we virtually bumped into uh, an old colleague of mine uh, who's also a guide dog user but is is totally um you know, totally blind. And she messaged me afterwards because we didn't obviously social distancing. We didn't really talk in the hospital. The dogs just nodded at each other and knew they were there. Um, And we had a quick chat about, you know, how's things been for the, you know, and for her, she's had everything brailed out and everything. So it's good to know that, you know, everything in that sense will work for what what people need and that the trust are willing to to do that type of stuff. I think, well, not willing, I know they have to, but the fact that they've turned it around in such a good timeframe for her, um, because obviously under the Equality Act, you know, we have to have, you know, important information provided to us in alternative formats. But the fact it's there and it's accessible and not having to argue and shout and scream, been there, done it. but in terms of the you know apps and technology we use, we'll definitely come down to you still using the camera, zooming in on information. Uh, you know, Alexa is brilliant. Don't apologies to anyone who's just pinged now when listening to this. Um, in terms of you know being able to use an Alexa device to listen to information, factoids off the internet. You know, um, when trying to educate yourself on certain bits of information, it's a useful, great resource. Uh, internet in general so just being able to use a tablet or a computer i think there's a lot of useful resources that we really couldn't have got through this you know pregnancy at the moment with, without our bare bones technology let alone anything really assistive or full-on i think it's all played a part in one way or another i have no idea how, how people would have done this 30 40 years ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> because yeah we, we do that is one bonus that we do have you know i think certainly you know anybody cited listening to, to this podcast might not have actually really considered the amount of barriers that you do come up um yeah in, in day-to-day life really when you, we talk specifically about pregnancy and just something that there which to, to anybody cited um something as simple really as, as reading a label on on clothing to find out the instructions etc um you know i think people just might not even cross their mind that that can cause that can be actually a really difficult thing to do sometimes if, you, if you've got low vision so but with with the help of technology by you know whipping out your your iphone and and pointing a uh, you know an app basically which uses a camera by pointing that at the, at the label with using ocr technology it's able to actually read the information out for you and that and that app's free as well so you know it's amazing the technology that is out there that can that can work for you and there's so much you know that just that's just one example but everyone else has has things that works for them as an individual and uh, i think that's part of the, the beauty these days where you know I, I thank god we have got that sort of technology absolutely i think you know parenting aside in just general day-to-day life but 100 you know a bit of, you know in terms of getting all the shopping ready and things like that online shopping has been amazing because because we're considering 
Sam being in hospital for a bit. I'm not the best cook in the world. Again, we I think we've discussed this as well. And, you know, I think that's just a male thing. This isn't a blind thing. Um, <laughs> between, yeah, between me and you. Um, so Sam has been doing some great batch cooking for me. So even like simple things like writing big, you know, numbers on the packagings in the fr- in the in the freezer, and then writing me a little list on on the front of the fridge of what number correlates to what ready meal that I can bung in the microwave and stuff. So, even the simple stuff, but that's the stuff you've got to consider, um, you know, and 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 think about. There is so much that I think I could talk all day, and as I'm sure, same as you, Nathan. You know, we could talk all day about the um, t- tips and tricks, and that's obviously why we're here um, to to discuss all of this stuff, but. I think there is so much that is useful, but then there is also so much that I mean, I'm going to go on to one topic now. Um, antenatal classes, obviously, they've not been a thing because of the pandemic, um, which now, you know, has left uh, Sam. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll speak for her on this and she can kick me later if I'm wrong. But I think she's felt a little bit left out and a little bit ooh, unsure. That, I mean, she might not have gone to them. She may not have. But that option, that choice hasn't been there. But interestingly enough, um, she got a text yesterday as we, we discussed it and said, oh, we've, we've not heard anything about that. Blah, midwife hasn't mentioned it, blah, blah, blah. Next minute, she gets two texts, like almost like they're listening um, from the NHS Trust to say, you know, due to antenatal class, classes not taking place at the moment, we've provided some helpful videos on, on, on YouTube. Now, without before we even get into saying what the videos were like because of accessibility, etc., I can't even tell you because... YouTube had removed the videos because they breached their community guidelines. So <laughs> very helpful of them, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> that's, so that's even without without even accessing the videos to tell you how good or bad they were. Well, can't tell you because YouTube decided they went against community guidelines. For what reason? I can't tell you. And I, I don't want to guess. Um, but that was interesting. So, so there's technology being a hindrance, you know, at, at its best as well. So we have to appreciate sometimes technology isn't always the answer. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's, um, we you know, talked about those sort of, you know, antenatal class, et cetera, you know, I, obviously because we are recording this in a, in a, in a COVID world. So, um, you know, if anyone's listening to, to this in the future, if you remember that, let's hope it is over by then. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's been one of the things I think, uh, I think Emma's also certainly, um, you know, missing out. She, she is part of a few Facebook groups to, you know, to, to connect with a few people, um, you know, who are uh, you know, currently pregnant, et cetera, which I think has, she, she, she's enjoyed, but she's obviously not had, you know, along, same, along with a lot of other people at the same time at the moment. Not had that uh, real social interaction. No, no, no not had that real person to person, you yeah. know, uh, contact with you know in this sort of thing and i think that's a big thing you know and, I, and i'm pretty sure um she, she would have would have loved that uh, but you know certainly from you know certainly from sam's point of view i think is you know the fact that you know that what if, if it's not available in person what's the next thing you do well it's, it's got to be available online and unfortunately things that are going to be available online are going to be something that's put together sort of last minute because they've had to because of the, of the pandemic which is understandable you know but normally, because of the the rush to get all that sort of prepared, actually accessibility wise, it's normally a, an afterthought. So a lot of that stuff at the moment is probably not even going to be accessible or or even appropriate for YouTube. You know, so, you know those are sort of things that like I say yeah. come, come come a lot later. So it's, it's that's probably a frustration at the moment. 
And I'll be totally honest, uh, in my professional life um, as a trustee and, and also working in charity sector within sight loss, I've had this conversation with many colleagues in different organisations across the sector that just because we've made it available on the internet doesn't make it accessible, doesn't make it preferable. You know, at the end of the day, someone might prefer some screenshots posted out to them in a letter in really large font or whatever, or someone might prefer just a phone call and talk them through it. Because ultimately, technology, as much as it can be an enabler, can be a barrier in its own right. Um, and that is a shame, but that is just the way some people are at the moment and the way some technologies stand to be, whether that be financial barriers, whether that be learning curves, whether that be you just don't know how to do it or, or whether it be a bit of confusion, they, they can still be barriers. And, and in, a, in a world that we live in at the moment, as you say, fingers crossed in a few months time, we might not be here. Um, but on a serious level, you know, we've seen so many people respond to do virtual delivery but actually that's not always the best method for people with sight loss and, and other disabilities for that matter. Um, you know, it's not just about sight loss. Um, accessibility covers the whole umbrella of, of accessing information, digital and, and online. And it, as I say, those, just those, those own barriers do become an inhibitor as well as an enabler. And that's where it becomes a bit of a, a cultural divide, I suppose, in some cases it can be, uh, you know, really interesting who gets information versus who doesn't and who not suffer, suffers the wrong word. But, you know, you might be left behind slightly because you've not been given the correct information at the right stages. And talking about pregnancy, I think that's a, you know, I've seen it firsthand. There's been some information we've not got that we should have got at certain stages of, the, of it. Um, but that's been down to human error because someone thought they told us, but someone then told someone told the other person they, that they did do it, but then they didn't. And that's that human error, communication error. But I think, you know, without rambling, which I've done and I've realized that and I'm trying to rein myself back in. Um, there are te technology again can be an enabler and inhibitor but so can so can our normal methods of communication and i think you know at this at this time we've got to be fair as well to nhs given the, the pressure and stress they're under but as you say accessibility moving forward should be a first thought because one thing i i always promote um through any of my work is that accessibility if you can build it to an accessible standard you're going to keep most of the people happy most of the time you know rather than trying to tack on that accessibility it, it, it doesn't always uh, doesn't always work that way but yeah so in terms of everything else that you know that we've got going on and, and coming up obviously is that we've been rushing to get things ready so sam again vi partner has been building cribs and things like that whilst uh <laughs> whilst i've so i've for some of the listeners that may not be aware i've been incapacitated um i've been having some issues with my non-seeing left eye um so i've actually been in hospital once or twice in the past few months and uh, i'm actually set to have my left eye removed in may so yay well that means you know sam's always been the diyer but um normally i will try and help but she's been getting on with all sorts of stuff building literally building cupboards and storage you know boxes through to building the crib and stuff and uh yeah it's been all right for me I, it just means i've not been involved and <laughs> i don't really know where we're up to and i go oh you've built that have you um <laughs> when you walk into the room walking yeah. something new and you're like oh, like, oh, oh, oh. where did that come from it was a box there now it's yeah. not it's now, a it, built. <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> um but yeah so i think there's, there's loads you know and again with being visually impaired it's that thing it takes us a little bit longer to, to build those things and sam will always give something to go and i know for a fact that um she had to contact the supplier more than 
more than two or three times because they actually didn't send the screws with the, with the crib. And so that got delayed by a few weeks. Uh, so good job we didn't order that any later. <laughs> yeah, um, I think but, the, the key is to be prepared in this scenario, isn't it? Get, get started early. 100%, especially when you don't know, you know, for us, we don't know what's, what's around the corner next. You know, the hospital could decide next week he's coming out or they could wait another three weeks. Uh, but we need to be prepared. Like, you know, other things we've been considering is like, changing bags it sounds daft but why would you spend so much time about changing bags well we because again lucky lucky yourself and uh emma you you've got a car in the family <laughs> and uh i mean i could have a car doesn't mean i could drive it um but um you know to try but I mean... <laughs> we've got to consider you know walk working the guide dogs whilst you carrying our usual rucksacks with the usual gubbins and then also you know, making sure we've got the right amenities for the babies. How do we get the right baby bag with the right amount of compartments and baby carriers versus prams? They're the conversations we've had and been quite contentious. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and why I say contentious is that if you're a guide dog owner and you're using a pram, the methodology and technique is that you pull the pram behind you, which I agree is not the greatest thing in the world. But as you can imagine, you can't push the pram in front of you whilst trying to work your dog. It just become it defeats, it defeats the object. So that's one of the, one of the debates we've been having. Although one of our GDMSs, so a guide dog's mobility specialist, has uh, suggested a little wagon that we could carry behind us but i'm not i'm not sold on it um and it's something if we did do we probably do a few more months down the road to be honest so we've had to settle on a pram and uh, you know a sling baby carrier type of thing so that you know the carrier for just going around the corner and just nipping the shops so the dog's not you know impeded in any way and then a pram to take behind us but normally you know if if both of us both of us should be there on those longer journeys so it might be a bit easier to figure out how that works but they're the type of things you know you've got to consider as well is, is the basic day-to-day -day mobility getting out and about with with a child in, in arms how do you do it there's been plenty of challenges <laughs> i mean how I, I assume obviously you've had some level of conversation if you want to be in, independent with 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 the baby nathan but i assume you've not had that level of conversation at this at this stage oh we, we i mean we ha we've had the certainly had the conversation and we've sort of started trying to to plan for that like yourself but I get the feeling for me, this is going to be a bit of a trial and error. You know, you yes. can try and figure out what's going to be the, the best way of doing these sort of things. But I feel like until I get out there now, you know, so far, you know, on, on, uh, I did a video on YouTube with this, just a tongue in cheek. So I've got a, a you know, a, a baby carrier, uh, you know, it's like I say, like this, the sling type thing. And, uh, yeah, I practiced with, I put a, put a monkey in it. So I've got a, a teddy monkey. Uh, so I pop, pop that in there just to practice sort of, uh, you know, putting that on and that whole challenge that comes with that itself. Uh, <laughs> trying to do that with an actual uh, baby in there would be very interesting, but uh, practice makes perfect. So obviously we've been practicing with that, but um, you know, I've been tempted to maybe take that out and about and miss see what it's like, but I, I don't think I can quite face the embarrassment. So a lot of things will be, will be trial and error, but you know, the, for example, with a, with a push chair, you know, a lot of the times probably me and Emma will be out together. So in that scenario, she probably will push the, push the trush chair. That's a new one, isn't it? Push the push chair. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and um, what I will, and, and, but we, we go on a lot of dog walks. So we go places, you know, into, um into forest and things like that where it's not really going to be an ideal place to take a pushchair anyway and um, so 
a lot of the times I think we probably will be using the baby carrier and you know with me carrying him um and, and parks you know I want to do that as well so I think for me that so far seems like it's going to be the the best way of a uh, you know of approaching it especially if I'm out you know if I'm out independently but I, like I said I think until the until I get out there and try it, I don't know what's going to be the best method. What I can say is uh, when they get older, it gets much easier. Um, and what I mean by that is, is so my four-year-old, she is incredible with um, helping me. Like, so for example, she, she, she's still, she's still a good enough weight to go on my shoulders. So she can, she lets me know of curbs coming up and things like that. So that training of, uh, <laughs> of showing them, if you bump into things, it might hurt. So just make sure you tell daddy what that is. Um, and genuinely, one of the things she is perfect, and I literally mean perfect at, at the age of four is road crossing. And that is solely down to, you know, that whole stopping and you, you, we're going to watch the cars for daddy, you know, and all that type of stuff and building that, you know, confidence and, and a bit of responsibility, you know, it's a huge responsibility because you tell me that's clear. We're crossing the road. <laughs> so, um, you know, but obviously if I've listened and it sounds clear as well, but at the end of the day, it's that as they get older and, you know, they can work with you, I think, which, which is great, you know, and it's part of that bonding process. So whatever way works for you, is it will work in, in the bonding sense, which I think, you know, as, as far as a dad goes and, you know, there isn't much you can bond, not much, there isn't much you can bond over. That's not what I meant to say at all, but there, we're, we're a bit more restricted on what we can bond over with our kids, you know, when we've got sight loss, you know, cause you just have to pretend you you agree that, that that picture looks pretty and things like that. Whereas, you know, actually getting out and about and getting on trains, like to, to, some of the audience who won't know this, I, I, I'm a train enthusiast, aka a train spotter, but anyway, a train enthusiast, but she loves getting on and off trains and things. And she's starting to notice the trains we're getting on and saying, oh, that, that we were on that one last time and looks like this and it looks like that. And again, so just the getting out and about is a great bonding experience I've found. And, you know, she is four and it's something I definitely want to, you know, uh, replicate with Leo. So that whole picking them up and what way do you do it and how do you do it is definitely is something not just for now it's also for the future I think you know that trial and error and continue to continue to see what works like I've seen a lot not a lot I've seen some people like to use the um leashes I think leash is the wrong word um boy you, you know you know what I mean don't you the yeah. uh the, yeah 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 the handles and straps and things I'm gonna go I with don't know what the right word is I'm, I'm yeah. what it is. <laughs> is it kid leash <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know. Um, correct me if I'm wrong in the comments, uh, but yeah, the, the kid leash, um, we'll, we'll stick with the kid leash. Um, like we, we've, you know, we, we've talked about how that would work and we don't think that's going to be appropriate because obviously we can't see where he, he would be going off to. And I never did that with my four-year-old as well. You know, I don't, I prefer that whole hand to hand, you know, cause if they let go, you know, they've let go, you know, that you know, you know, they're not there. <laughs> um, and yeah, it gives a bit of security. But what I found with with my four-year-old when she was growing up was that she never liked that restriction. So she had one of those, I'm just going to go with leads, whatever, uh, and it attached to the back of her bag and it restricted her too much. Um, and, you know, needs a bit of freedom, whereas holding a hand or going on the shoulders, they've still got a free freedom of range to do what they want within within reason. Um, 
but yeah, I think I think there's lots of there's lots we could discuss and talk about, you know, mobility and get, getting out and about with with a baby. But again, it's that trial and error, and it'll be an interesting update as we continue to go uh, on our journeys with with uh, <laughs> with kid leashes. <laughs> with kid leashes, absolutely. I mean, one thing I love that what you you say there about you know your, your four year old is the the understanding she's got of your your visual impairment sort of already yeah. at such a young age because. You know, so you know, for again, any listeners that aren't aware, I'm going to be a you know first time dad, and you know, I think anybody when they've come in a parent, they have all sorts of uh, different things that that worry them and you know concerns, etc. And like, and one of mine is you know, although it's not going to be an immediate necessarily uh, problem, not a problem's the right word, you know, but but challenge, but certainly in the future, it's going to be, um, you know, making my child sort of be aware of the fact that I can't see and you know, I'm not like you know who not like everybody else really you know he's, he's gonna have to sort of understand that a little bit and I think that'll be a challenge for me to sort of well you know I sort of feel like it'll be a challenge for him to understand it but then a lot of people do say the one thing that is amazing about 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 children is uh you know how, how quickly they learn things like that so you know I think that's um you know from my point of view anyway it's really reassuring anyway to oh, yeah. to hear how how well your your four-year-old has, has adapted to you know to, to your visual impairment yeah i mean one thing um that she was she was great at she she's she's not so keen to come and do it anymore but when she was a toddler she liked to come out in the back garden with her wellies on and help me find the dog poo and what I, right i know that sounds really terrible almost sounds like neglect i promise you it's not um, <laughs> what i mean by that is she'd come out with her wellies on and she would like just put it put her foot out and just say there's one there's one and then and one around the garden then and then try and find the next one for me she's not so keen to do that anymore which i don't i don't blame her um but it's a game isn't it exactly it is yeah it is literally a game and for a task that we struggle with you know general you know genuinely struggle with even though guide dogs are amazing they still got to remember they still go to the toilet and we're still blind <laughs> so <laughs> we've still got to pick it up somehow <laughs> you know um, so she was great for identifying where it was you know i would never let her go hands-on with it she could only show me with her foot with the welly on and then she had to take a welly off at the door you know that the wellies off at the door um but yeah it's little little tasks like that where that bonding and, and you know that support really comes in when they when they know that you're you, you struggle the kids are so clever and they just pick up and want to help and they love that sense of being able to help you know help an adult do whatever they're doing you know we've all been there when they come into a kitchen oh can i help cook no get out <laughs> um you know whereas you know wearing wearing a pair of wellies and coming out and saying oh i'll help you find the poo like that's fine crack mm. on um and i think you know the last thing for me for, for for updates while we're talking about dogs is um we finally cemented the care plan um for um diesel my german shepherd um so we whilst sam's in the hospital um giving birth and stuff he's been cleared to be in the room with us on the delivery suite etc um, which is not a problem anyway but it's always good to have the conversation i think i mentioned it briefly in our last one um but he will be there because i still need to get around the hospital and stuff um, I still have to come home and do all the other, get, get the house ready as it were. Um, but also we've got, we've had some great friends step up and help us as well with, so Sam's guide dog Bailey uh, is going off to a, a friend's house when it all goes off. And my retired guide dog is going off to um, another, another friend's house. So all the dogs are sorted. That's the main thing. Um, 
and another friend of ours is going to help look after the cat <laughs> while we're not here. And so we've got we've got enough support, which has been great. We've got a great support network around us, which, you know, regardless of if there's dogs involved or not, that's one thing that I think is critical um, at this at this very you know sensitive time and and stressful time is knowing you've got a great support network around you. Um, and obviously having family and friends is, you know, I'm going to get all, uh, going to get all gooey eyed in a minute. <laughs> gooey eyed. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm going to move on. Um, yeah. I'm getting all gooey eyed and what have you. Um, but yeah, I think that's been, you know, um, brilliant for us as we've got so many people asking about us, talking us through things and giving their opinion. Cause at the end of the day, you can get 19 million opinions. doesn't matter. You can still ignore every single one of them, but every opinion helps inform a decision is what I found as well. Um, and it's great to always share experiences, hence this podcast. <laughs> is there anything else you want to uh, add to, to the end, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, um, so yeah, I mean, for, for myself, I'm, uh, I don't know what to do with, with the whole guided situation. You know, in the, in the, in, in the last episode, uh, I was speaking about, about you know, for my situation, I won't be taking Abby, who's my guide dog, with me. But this now depends on what happens with the COVID rules. So as at the moment, we've uh, been told that once we're in there, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to leave, basically. So I, I'm stuck to that room regardless. Um, so in that situation, there's, there's probably not the benefit of having a guide dog with me because I don't need to go anywhere. So is it worth putting her through? Although I think she'll be quite, I don't, I don't think she'll get stressed out in the scenario, but still, is it worth to put her in that scenario if it's not needed at all? So um, at the moment, she's not going to be going in with me, but then I'm starting to wonder now if um, the circumstances change and I am allowed to leave because obviously you'd never know how long labor will, will last. Um you know, so if we are allowed to to, to leave the, the leave the room or leave the hospital, then it would be beneficial for, for me to have her. So at the moment, I don't know where I'm at with that, and it's one of them that I think uh, might not go into the wire. So I'm having to put a couple of plans in place for that to see to see what see what happens really. And again, I think it's that whole every situation is different, every scenario is different, and you know, for my first Otto, my my previous guide dog, uh, Black Labrador, he he was there you know he missed the actual labor section so literally the child coming out moment but fortunately that was only about 50 minutes and then he was back in the room he was back with us um so he missed out he missed that whole stressful piece that we weren't sure whether he could cope with or not whereas you know again we're seeing that we're seeing the delivery suite next monday uh, and having a tour of the ward knowing where we're going and they, you know they're going to go through all that with us so we have been told I'll still be okay to go out and spend easel. But as you say, as it stands, that's as far as I'm allowed <laughs> is to go and spend and that's it. I've got to come straight back. <laughs> but it, it's going to be really interesting to see how, how the next next two weeks develop. And I'm really looking forward to see where we both are in two weeks time. Uh, I mean, who knows? I, I could be another dad again uh, within, the, within the next week. But um, fingers crossed he holds in a little bit longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm excited though. I, did, I, I didn't, this has been a reveal for me on the podcast as well. So I didn't know that was, uh, yeah. that was the situation. So no, that's uh, that's that's exciting. So, uh, you know, even though I'm I'm recording this, maybe I'm also looking forward to the next one. <laughs> so I should hope so. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't say much if the if the hosts aren't even excited for the next one, does it? <laughs> no, but uh, no, like I say, so much has happened in the last couple of weeks. But and and this 
you know like there's so much on our list we're going to go through today but but it, it's this a lot to discuss so uh yeah definitely come back and join us in there in a couple of weeks time because there'll be certainly some developments anyway uh, we're gonna we're gonna bring this podcast to a close um thank you ever so much for joining us if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on your chosen podcast platform please do so uh, as ever you can find us via the blind dad diaries uh, this was the blind dad diaries episode two uh focusing on 3d print yeah focusing on 3d prints and also uh, ha- getting ready to create pe- care plans with dogs and everything around so it's been a really good one I'm looking forward to the next one who knows i could be a dad i could i'm, I'm clinging on by the uh, skin of my teeth as it stands but as ever it's been great to chat with you nathan um and it's been great to um interact and engage with the audience if you've got any questions for myself or nathan you can email team at blindsincebirth.com just make it aware that you're contacting regarding the podcast and that will get to myself and nathan this is the blind dad diaries brought to you by bsv sight loss support and services a working name of the registered charity blind since birth uk registered in england and wales find out more at www.blindsincebirth.com 